Now here's here's a, a, a question that I always think about. The, this conversation is always framed around the audience and how far away they can be from each other, and certainly how far they can away they can be from the actors. Mm-hmm. But like, their dressing rooms aren't big. What about no. the social distancing that the actors ca- have to do from each other? Oh, there's a bunch of that as well. Um, there's a bunch of that as well. Uh, you have to rotate through shifts when people can be backstage. Um, you can't just have a bunch of people back there. Um, uh, performers on like you, you, a vocalist cannot be within 15 feet of an accompanist. Um, Uh, band members have to be six feet apart. Um, I know in film, everybody has to be masked and to like do over the shoulder shots and stuff like that. You still have to be six feet away the entire time. Like everybody has to be six feet away, even when your mask is off, Uh, or especially when your mask is off, but your mask is only allowed to be off sometimes if you are the one speaking. Dude, right. this better be the best fucking performance of Annie Get Your Gun that I've ever seen. <laughs> My name is Mr. Sour Pickle. They are the visionaries. Rappling hook. Unlock your It's all about helping you. Float up with people. You're getting on my nerves, horse. We can't ever go back to Arizona. I need Rubik. How did JFK get my spaghetti video? To help them fight Mondragore. Welcome, everybody. You're back with us, the hosts of Saturday Morning Tuesdays. It's it's the adult podcast about children's cartoons, and I'm your first just host, Rory. I'm your... Boy, howdy. I'm, I'm just Andy. I'm not going to put a number on that. I'm Andy. And I'm I'm the cute little caboose on this train. I'm Austin. <laughs> Ooh, was, there's, there's, a, there's another car pulling up to the caboose. Uh, oh, someone's vying for caboose wow. status? Black people can't even get on the train anymore, can they? <laughs> oh, it's dumb. You can get on the train, but I thought we were a train. We are a train, and and we're gonna. We're, oh, oh, what's that? Austin has. Uh, he didn't before, but now he has one of those little hitches where you attach another car. He's no longer the caboose. And and <laughs> and Dom, you can join the train. Is this a human centipede situation? Because if it's a human centipede situation, it's not. But it's also not me. not human centipede. <laughs> you have to tell me up front. I just need to know. I need to mentally prepare. Austin did hang truck nuts from the back of his from his trailer hitch because he thought it was funny. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay, everybody, and I'm I'm Dom. They brought me back. We've all know that this was a mistake. <laughs> no, Woo. it's. Definitely not a mistake. Yeah, mistake or not, this is a one-way train to to Crazy Town. Yeah, yes. to Best Friend yeah. City. It's it's <laughs> we don't. I don't think it's a mistake because Dom, you know what we're doing this week? We're kicking off a magical girl arc. Yeah, that's and, actually why I came back because this yeah. is actually. I have a lot of opinions about magical girls. Um, I always liked Sailor Moon more than I liked Dragon Ball Z when those were the only two options for anime to watch. You're um, right. And you should say it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I, I've, I've, I was, I was always a big fan. Um, y'all are jumping in the deep end, though. Not even going with like, I'm a klutz of Sailor Moon. You're going with like a god tier, like world killing Sailor Moon. So that's the well, luck yeah. To. Well, here's the deal, Dom. We've already watched everything that preceded this over the last several years of the podcast. <laughs> so we're prepped. We're good to All go. Right. We okay. come back to this every year because we can't stay away. Yeah. We needed yeah. more Sailor Moon in our lives. And yeah. uh, and so we didn't want to. Last year, we did just Sailor Moon for several weeks and blasted uh, uh, the, the arc, the Doom Tree arc, uh, the anime original one. And mm-hmm. this year, we didn't want to just do another blast. We wanted to pair up 
Sailor Moon with several other magical girl uh, shows of various kinds. Um, because it was an excuse. I guess Rory and I really wanted to watch Star Versus for the podcast, Star Versus the Forces of Evil, which... Well, and it's, it's also nice to have something to kind of pair Sailor Moon with. Like, yeah, a wine that. and cheese pairing, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Serena sir, sure does wine a lot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Get out of here. We have uh, a guest, Andrew. You can't just do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how we act when we have company. Uh, no, no, we, 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 this is this, this first few weeks, we're going to watch uh, a, a selection of Star, uh, Star versus the Forces of Evil alongside Sailor Moon, which I'm very excited about. I think Austin is the only one in the room right now who has not watched it before. Is that no, right? No, we, no, ring no, the, we, we, we ring the dork bell. Ring, ring, ring. Uh, <laughs> it's also nice. It's also nice having, um, Having as few Sailor Moon episodes a week to watch as possible so we can really relish in every vicious dunk at her expense. <laughs> yes. God, yes. She, she experiences weekly. Uh, so, Dom, you, you, you jumped in. You remember where we're at, right? Like, we don't need to do any sort of prefacing for the story for you? No, I'm square. Amazing. I love that. I love that about you. I think, I think you're maybe, outside of Rory and I... Uh, of the people who normally show up on this podcast, you're like the most anime literate. I think. Uh, I, I, thank you. Uh, that's that's uh, that's an honor. Also, get better friends. Um, but I I think I I do want to say that I think there has been only a, a single mistake made in your selection here of of magical girls. Um, okay. The trope of magical girls is really about um, young women becoming chthonic monsters that save the universe. <laughs> Um, but, but, but star universe, star butterfly is the exact opposite. She's a chthonic monster <laughs> that, that, becomes that, a learns, girl. <laughs> that learns to become a human. Like, and so I, I feel like it, 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 this is very much the, um, who would win in a fight Superman or, or, or Goku. And, uh, it is, it's definitely, it is, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's definitely Superman that wins in the fight. It is uh -huh. definitely Sailor Moon that wins in this fight. But but now now we on to Star Butterfly. So let's uh, let's let's bring in the episodes. Gents. Yeah. Yes. And I think we're going to start with Sailor Moon. So let's dive right in. Everybody, we are back. Uh, the train is has left the station and it is heading right to the moon. That's right, Sailor Moon episode fifty four, aka Sailor Moon R episode fourteen, Serena times two. And here is the synopsis: As Darian and Serena lean in for a romantic kiss, a small girl with bright pink hair named Rini falls out of the sky and lands on Serena, demanding the Imperium Silver Crystal from her, and she has a gun. Um, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Serena starts to become suspicious when she returns home and her family identifies Rini as her cousin. Meanwhile, a new enemy comes to Tokyo looking for Rini and cosmetics. 
Yeah, just all, <laughs> oh my God, just constant makeup jokes. Uh, it is so good to be back on this show. It's so fucking stupid. It's so fast. This show is so dumb. That know, old devil moon. It's, it's stupid and in such a, such a grandiose way. Like, it's so much weirder than Sailor Moon has been. Yeah, no, just right this up is the when gate, it becomes, there's, this is when they get their fashion police badges. There's fashion like, police, <laughs> there's spaceships, there's time travelers, uh, there's... Uh, well, so, so so this is funny. Last time you were on, Dom, Rory had a... R- Rory finally got a win in the column when, with the argument about whether or not The Wire is anime. And one of, Rory, <laughs> one of Rory's main arguments is about how it has quirky captains and as so- <laughs> as soon as these five fucking weirdo nega for nega force people showed up i was like god damn it there's rory's captains <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Fuck, yeah the anime fuck- captains are back <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny uh i think so their names are i don't know all their names but they're the main guy is rubius who's sort of this red hunk this red-haired hunk and then he's got these four spooky ladies who i think are called the nega god the nega moon sisters i think are, are what they're called uh in, in, the, in the dub dub yeah they, uh, again i'm pretty sure almost nobody has connection to queen beryl after she dies and it's all just new people yeah, in the original and and whatever they they the dub has extremely bent over backwards trying to tie all the bad guys together like they're from the same spooky dimension, um, from the Negaforce, and they will do that at every turn. Um, yeah. What I think is interesting about these guys, uh, well, mostly girls, uh, is that it doesn't seem like they do the same thing that every other bad guy so far has done, which is to summon other monsters to fight on their behalf. It seems like they are going to show up themselves and they're not going to die at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if it just evolves into summoning Pokemon was, cards every I time. I was shocked at first. It's sort of skipping ahead, but I thought they were going to just ice one of these one of these ladies right out the gate. And I was <laughs> right. <laughs> pretty, pretty well, impressed. Well, yeah. let's, take some bold let's, swings. let's take a moment and talk, and talk about icing ladies out the gate. Um, <laughs> let's talk about an eight-year-old in the middle of downtown Tokyo with a forty-five caliber handgun pointed pointed at her mom's face. Yeah. Oh, if only. <laughs> if only if we only... got that. It's just it's it's bizarre to me. I mean, I understand, of course, the reasons why they cut guns out of absolutely everything for broadcast in America, but like. It's such a funny and jarring visual that, like, I wish that they'd kept it. It's bizarre to see this tiny girl hold a gun. And it is it is completely missing in the dub that we watched. It is uh, it's, it's creatively cut out. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange because she is the, the way that they have Rini exit the scene. And we'll talk about Rini in a second. But the way they have her exit the scene is by kind of reversing the footage from when she showed up. She like flies back up. Into oh, I a loved sky it. Portal. That's why I was talking about like, this is just so much weirder than before. Like, yeah, she, she's just she just bounces. Um, and I am kind of shocked that that's just a, a, a dub sort of alteration. Yeah, yeah it's a hasty invention um, because in the original version, and apparently it's even crazier in the manga, but this little tiny version, pink haired version of, you know, Chibi, Chibiusa, Mini Moon, um, she shows up out of nowhere and has a gun pointed at Serena's head. And it's probably one of the most incredible scenes in all of anime. 
you know, it's just great. And to be completely devoid of it in the in this dub is so heartbreaking. Yeah, it makes me sad. Uh, it, it's very it's very interesting. Um, the originally in the, in in not the dub, right? Her name her name is also Usagi. And so they have to immediately start calling her Chibi Usa to make sure that they can tell the difference between who they're talking about, between Usagi and Usagi. But in this one, everyone just calls her Rini. And there's no, there's no like, like, obviously that's short for Serena. Serena, Sir, yeah. But that's, but no one's acknowledging that fact. Like she, she doesn't ever no. get a chance in the dub to say, my name's Serena. Uh, but Serena <laughs> does notice that she looks basically just like her, except with pink hair. Um, and the title helps. I mean. Yes. Serena times two. Yeah. I wasn't 100% sure how much of a, you know, tuxedo mask situation this was supposed to be. Like, how long we're supposed to get it. Um, mm-hmm. So, clearly, in, in the Japanese and the manga, it's right away. And in this, I think... I don't know if a kid would have gotten it. Because you might not see episode titles or give a shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. eyes just sort now, of gloss over the episode title. We understandably jumped right to the gun-toting toddler. But I don't want to <laughs> miss the stuff that happened before that. First of all, when we are introduced to those crazy villains um, and we learn about Katzi, who's the like, who's, who's the, the makeup obsessed villain lady with a tutu, um, she talks about wanting to go out into Tokyo and do some shopping really quick. And she mentions in a way, how about I go out for a quick tube of lipstick? I don't know. The wording there feels so alien to me. Of they're her, aliens. Just like, I, get, love I know they're aliens, but they know about cosmetics. Like. Nobody says like they want a tube of lips. I don't know. Like a, <laughs> your grandma did. Like, your, your grandma actually said tube of lipstick. Like, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, grandma. Yeah. Tube yeah. of lipstick, the- tube of chapstick. Like that. It is. A, it. It's one of those things where when this was being dubbed over, it was being dubbed over by young boomers. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's one of the problems with English dub specifically is yeah. how much censorship went into it to start with. Um, yeah. Versus, and then another layer on that is boomers were the ones dubbing these things and weren't really watching them. They mm-hmm. were just like, oh, these are for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so funny, though. We we yeah. jump into a we jump into a scene with Serena and Darian in a romantic rowboat ride, and a huge <laughs> a huge turn has has happened here. He's called her Meatball Head the whole series, and now that they're dating, she's like down with it. And I was gonna say, yeah, that they have they fully incorporated <laughs> it into their bedroom talk. Yes. <laughs> How about a triple hot fudge sundae? Yummy. <laughs> What a klutz. <laughs> but you're my klutz. Oh, Darian, do you really mean it? Of course, oh. Meatball Head. I love it when you call me that. In fact, I love this whole thing feels very much like Serena's psychosexual fantasies. I know, I and thought... the fact that food factors into it so prominently is very yes. telling. I thought that uh, the whole sequence was a dream. And then... Chibiusa arrives, uh, Rini, and yeah, I was like, oh, I guess this is this is really happening because it felt it really felt like exactly <laughs> some sort of psychosexual fantasy, right? Where it's like Darian's there, they're kissing. She's talking about food. Suddenly, she's had the sorry, the Serena, you've been eating that sticky caramel bubblegum. Why? Because I think I might be stuck. Oh. That stuff's worse than cement. No, yeah. so oh, oh. oh. 
Oh, the gum that fastens you to your lover <laughs> yeah. semi permanently. It's like Harry Potter gum. That it's it, it's almost it's so funny because it almost feels like the guys writing the dub felt awkward about how long the kiss was, and they were like, "We gotta get like meta." It's like about a how samurai pizza cats is, right? moment. Yeah, Americans yeah. do kiss four hundred percent less than other nations. So That's that makes so sense. upsetting. Uh, think of all the kisses we could have if we were born somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh it's God. it's amazing. Uh, also, now, this her, other her, her kissing noises are just mm-hmm. just the acting there, the, mm-hmm. the hammy mm-hmm. acting going into those <laughs> that smooching, <laughs> just delightful. Mm. This stuff. dynamic that is created is is fascinating though, because as soon as Rini arrives, the way she lands in the middle of them, she is now instead of Serena, she is mouth kissing Tuxedo Mask, <laughs> mouth kissing Darian, and. She Serena's like, get your paws off my boyfriend. And I'm like, Serena, that is a child. <laughs> your boyfriend child. is you, you have more things to worry about if you ha- if your boyfriend is going after this eight-year-old. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but like this is also one of the most like weirdly Freudian parts of it's the really show. Is. Yeah. This whole like this is like your daughter from the future, but it's like she she and Darian and they have like this weird connection and these weird vibes, and it's like Mm-hmm. The whole thing is a little uncomfortable. Well, um, this is this is like Japanese anime trope 101. The little girl wanting to marry her dad is like... Yeah, we've talked about how hot dads are in anime. <laughs> God damn it, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is like, it's so pervasive. It is so pervasive. Especially in like shoujo manga, where if they bother to follow a, 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 a romantic couple long enough where they're like married and then they have a kid, the kid is invariably a girl and the girl invariably becomes like some sort of strange rival for the mom in the affection of the dad. It's always so strange and uncomfortable, but they're leaning this in is, hard here. This is why 90% of anime dads leave their family as soon as they find out they're about <laughs> to have search an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> just like, nope. Either this you're family's be- weird. <laughs> Either you're going to be a protagonist or, or this is going to get weird. So I'm yeah. out. Yeah. Hey, wait, am I an anime dad? <laughs> <laughs> and and the way that this moves on is that uh, she so Rini really wants the Imperium Silver Crystal for reasons that we don't understand yet. And obviously, Serena's not going to give it to her. And so her tactic appears to be using dot 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 question mark spooky magic to kind of dawn from Buffy her way into Serena's life in a way that changes the memories of all of her family so that she's always been her cousin. Yo, it's magic roofies. It's straight up magic roofies. She puts it, she like, it comes out in the next scene. Yeah, she later summons the Rohypno, yeah. Yeah, she just has magic freaking, yeah, no, it's it's a bad time. It, It gets real questionable real quick. yeah. I would be more impressed if they had actually used magic, like straight up to do things like mind magic. That's great. But Mm -hmm. having magic to create a substance to be able to change somebody's memories and get them to believe whatever you want. mm, I don't. That's extra steps I don't like. It's real gross. Yeah. And also, and also if you kind of frame it with the original, with the gun, you Uh kind of, you kind of worry that this was very intentional. Yeah. Because she seems like a fucking criminal. Yeah, she seems like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> well, Which, and that's what's kind of fun about the character, you know, uh-huh. is having yeah. her in here. And you have all the Sailor Scouts that are, you know, very cute and fun and exciting and and spunky. And then, like, but they're not 
crazy. (laughs) 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 You know, like, and, you know, nobody's really going to cause drama and not be a monster right now. Yeah. And so uh, it's nice to have her in there and kind of shake things up a bit and not just have her be like a scrappy do or have her just be like (laughs) adorable and annoying or like, oh, gee, I'm so cute, little. Yeah, because we have to. The thing is. She's not going anywhere. Like, if, if we have to get used to Rini and like her now because she's here for the foreseeable future as a major part of the whole story. And I hope that it, I hope that they're like, uh, antagonism between each other kind of calms down to a simmer so that we can focus on other things instead. Cause I don't really want this to be the whole show now. You know what I mean? Well, right. the arc of Sailor Moon really always, like, right at the crescendo. Everything gets super serious and you realize it's that moment in Trigun where all of a sudden it's a different show because now we have to actually kill a person Um, (laughs) (laughs) as opposed to just dodging gunfire. Like everything's going to be silly. Everything's going to be antagonistic. And then all of a sudden it's going to be business time. And then Mm -hmm. for the last 20 episodes, the business will happen. That is that is the arc of that show. The Mm -hmm. business. Yeah. Uh, And I I'm down with it. I just I love we have always loved the completely episodic off the wall. What the fuck episodes of this show more than the story episodes of the show, uh, because <laughs> they do the weirdest stuff in this cartoon case in point. Uh, my favorite moment in the show. I don't know if you guys read this the same way that I did, but uh, wh- like Rini is just taking every moment to accost Serena in her own home and be like, where's the crystal? Uh <laughs> You know, I guess I did like a Jack Bauer voice. Like, Where's the bomb? <laughs> um, but <laughs> Chloe, you already know who I am. Damn it, Chloe. Love. <laughs> <laughs> but she is in the bath. And at a certain point, some bubbles come up out of the bath water. And Serena le- is surprised by them. And then she <laughs> leans over and sniffs them. Do and I'm pretty sniff. sure she thinks maybe she farted. She's also in a bathtub of red water. Some sort of. I know. She's in this like shining bathtub. I'm never sure when it comes to the bathtub scenes in uh, in dubs. Like, have they done something in post because it was too transparent? Like, I have no Mm -hmm. idea. I wondered too. I don't know. I think in this part, it's to hide the reveal of of Rini who is in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Rini's, Rini's underwater and she comes up like some sort of scuba diving James Bond and is like, give me the fucking crystal. But before that, we can't forget the fact that Serena thought maybe she farted and didn't notice. <laughs> because she 100% you... sniff sniffs the bubbles. And... Why would you lean over and sniff? Why? As a person who is not too ashamed to say out loud on a podcast recorded for all time to yes. be up on the internet that I have farted in my own bathwater. Yes. And sometimes, sometimes even been surprised by it. I'm not gonna lean over and sniff I it. Think, I think I think we need to. I think we need to have a larger discussion. Are you not supposed to fart in the bath? Like, are you supposed I to stand no up idea. and take? Are you supposed to stand up and take your butt out of the water? <laughs> but I promise you, I promise you, if you don't lean over and sniff, the answer will come to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not in a cartoon because we can't. It's not. It's not in smellovision. Not yet. I just. Where are her legs? So, 
Where are her legs? There I know. A child I know that in that too. bathtub. Her legs are just gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is I a baffling know. scene that exists entirely for a sight gag and a fart gag. And I, <laughs> I'm there for it. Honestly, it's so funny to me. I, I like my jaw dropped. <sighs> Especially because like, the scene ends with Serena and Irene got like throttling each other naked in the bathtub. Just like <laughs> furious. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's kooky. It's, it's kooky. kooky. Yeah, uh, she trashes Serena's bedroom at one point, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a fun it's a fun visual because um, when Serena notices it, she just tears ass off. <laughs> She's <laughs> it's it's really funny, and then uh, then nobody in the house who they've all been roofied acknowledges the you know the devastation, and instead start to gaslight her and call her a hysterical hyena. Yeah. yeah. Which was my my nomination for dunk of the week? Yeah, the oh, the, your your sick burn of the week. The sick burn of the week. Serena, calm down. You look like a hyperventilating hyena. What did you do to my bedroom? My favorite, my sick burn of the week, I think, was a little later when she says, "Makeover time for you, pancake face." Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, those those makeup disses. <laughs> and nobody touches my face but me. Yeah. Oh man, um, I th- I think I can bridge through uh, yeah, the middle yeah. of the episode us, pretty quickly. There's along. not much. Um, so basically, <laughs> they get together with the Sailor Scouts and try to figure out like what sort of devil magic is happening to give her an, a cousin she never knew about. And she, uh, Ray doesn't find anything in the fire, but they're at the shrine. Um, and Rini is able to poison Ray's grandfather <laughs> basically with with <laughs> magic milk. And then she puts milk in the tea that's going to be served to all the Sailor Scouts. Um, yeah. And ultimately leads to Serene eating a bunch of buns or something. Oh, that they yeah. We, we, have muffins. The, we have the, the recurrence of uh, Dub refusing to admit that things are in Japan. Um, yeah. There is actually one moment I wanted to mention before we get into this, Austin. Sure. Um, uh, Serena is having a little midnight powwow with Luna. And we finally got, after how many episodes is this? Um, A lot. 50, 54? 54. Yeah. God, somebody called Luna on her shit. <laughs> tr- Serena has a real problem in it, and uh, Luna won't stop cracking wise. And I love that Serena's finally like, hey, maybe now's not the time to practice your type five. Uh, can, you, <laughs> can you fucking help out? <laughs> you sure she said she was after the crystal? Uh-huh, and I'm sure she's the one who trashed my room looking for it, and you slept through it. How awful. I'm beginning to acquire Serena's sloth-like sleeping habits, snoozing through a tornado. Hey, can the kitty comedy, Luna? So, so essentially, Serena uh, doesn't have any tea, and no, so she's all too of full the of other cookies. Sailor Scouts are conked out on, on this, like, sleep milk, um, <laughs> on, on Rini's magic roofie milk, and... <laughs> Uh, that leads to the arrival of uh, Katsy, who is one yeah. of these villains looking for this girl, looking for a girl who's got like a little moon symbol on her head. And right, which of course we assume is is Rini, right? I mean, like, right. That's 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 the assumption that we have to make. Her being at the playground as a substitute teacher and just looking at her kids' foreheads. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the kids are looking up her skirt, too, because and I think that's why they tried to make it like a substitute teacher. They tr- and like 
they really tried to make sense of it. But, you know, there's kids right underneath, like right up underneath her skirt. And then we cut to this, this like blushing boy that she's rubbing all over. Yeah. God. Anime, man. Anime, <laughs> man. Now that's anime. That's anime. Uh, another little moment that's cut for the dub is that uh, when when Serena discovers that Rini has poisoned all of her friends, she picks her up and just fully spanks her like a little child. I was like, going to say, it looked like she was in spank position, but yeah. hadn't sealed the deal. I'm very familiar with spank position. <laughs> oh, oh, what have I done? <laughs> Whatever yeah, it is, please stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, But yeah, I mean, what we see is from that moment, you know, Rini activates the moon symbol on her head and it sort of brings forward, you know, this column of light and that draws in Catsy. And so that's where there's a showdown uh, for for the end of the episode. And, you know, it's what you expect. We get the requisite transformation sequences um, and Tuxedo Mask shows up and does nothing again, which is his his whole thing, which I love. Um. He, I mean, I guess he does something. He shows up and he picks up Rini. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I have her now. Oh, okay. I'll just keep fighting this bad guy now. Cool. It's like a weird switcheroo in a way. She does the moon scepter elimination, which we know just basically blasts things into nothing. And for a second, we think that she's gone. And then just kidding. She's like on a nearby rooftop and she's like, this isn't over. And she teleports away. Um, yeah. Which, again, is fun. The idea of a villain that shows up to literally fight them in a regular episode who might come back in another episode is entirely foreign to me in this show. Yeah, um, might be nice. Uh, we'll see. Again, it might very quickly devolve into Pokemon you know, again. I mean, it does. It does have that. Yeah, uh, the Pokemon part's not great. But the flip side is that when we finally get the showdowns with a Nephlite or a Gemite, then it's it, it's got real weight behind it. Yeah. Is it Gemite? Is that the, did I get the name uh, right? Jadeite. Jadeite. This is a sexy temple Jed. Sexy temple Jed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to have a new a new arc. I mean, the, the last one, the Doomtree arc with Alan and Anne was was uh, <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> was amazing. But I, I, I am excited to be back in sort of the, the manga canon. And yeah. In the prime universe. <laughs> yeah. It's worth noting that for the the next like two or three months that we're going to be doing this, uh, we are not going to be watching literally every episode uh, in the in the interest of being able to consume something that feels like an actual finished product. Uh, we're skipping a few filler episodes here and there and sticking more to the the, the actual story content. But but also it's uh, worth mentioning. Um, I hope you enjoy this because we're going to do this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is, might be one of our longer arcs we've done. In a yeah. While, so. I mean, you're in the deep end, like, yeah, you're in yep. the deep end now. <laughs> uh huh. We're swimming with sharks. We got no choice. We got to go. Uh, is is the sailor says worth talking about? Just I don't that, think baby. So. I don't really. I don't think though that we need to sort of continue to mention to discuss them in every. No, episode. unless they're unless they're good. I just. I just miss morality cartoons. Just like <laughs> we got like like this era of cartooning where it was just like, thanks kids for watching us murder each other for 30 minutes, but remember to recycle. Like, wait, what? It's, it's, uh, it's delightfully exactly this decade, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I do miss it too, but I'm, I'm happy that we've, we've evolved into a, a, a culture where we can trust our children to kind of get the moral without having to tell them what it was at the end. Says people in this podcast without children. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay. Do you, do you, I mean, I, I, I imagine parents have like post show discussions with kids with like what they're watching. Right. Especially at a younger age. They, you do like your own talking dead with your, with your kid. <laughs> I, I would prefer if the cartoon did it for me, like Animaniacs at least had, at least, you know, locked it in uh but but uh yeah. but yeah no we talk i prefer the show parents for me but <laughs> <laughs> yeah listen if i'm putting my kid in front of your television uh or my television to uh babysit that child uh i want them to come back with something you I don't want to... <laughs> why do i have to do all the work the yeah. tv's supposed to be dad for 30 minutes <laughs> i have to cook you food or you'll die Andrew, hi. Andrew, please, 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 please tell us about our newest sponsor, Pepper Stories. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Uh, <laughs> I might need a second on that. You know how sometimes you tell me a thing and like the first five ideas that pump into your head aren't funny? Uh, no, I actually am. Mm, I'm not. No, you're not familiar never experienced with the that before. <laughs> Man, I'm really, I'm really drawing a complete blank on this one, Austin. It's okay. Uh, Andy, tell everybody, tell everybody about, tell everybody about the the hot, tell everybody about the new hot sauce pepper stories. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's a brand new, it's a brand new spicy hot sauce pepper stories. Okay, yeah, you got it. So. Uh, you know how people tell you know you, you you've, you've you've always got like one of those friends or maybe a, a strange crusty Andy, uncle. Tell everybody about the new show on <laughs> CBS Pepper Stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this this show on CBS it it, it stars it stars uh, David Arquette. Andy, tell and... everybody about that the racehorse that's winning all the it's winning it's just keeps winning every week. Pepper Stories, the racehorse down at the tracks. Yeah, so my uncle David Arquette likes to bet on on uh, li live on TV on his show on CBS about this very exciting new horse winning all the races. Named Andy, Pepper tell everybody about the monster that haunts my dreams. Pepper <laughs> stories. Yeah, the creature that visits me each night from beyond the veil. Pepper stories. Well. Well, Pepper Stories is the only the way that you can pronounce it in your in your human tongue. His true name is does it sort of comes out. Uh, in in strange flames and and smells, but Pepper Stories likes to haunt Rory's dreams and and tell him which ponies to bet on and uh, and Andy, can you tell us about the activity that the British opposition party does uh, where they pepper they pepper Tories? <laughs> See, that was not fair because that's just you making a joke. That one's not for me at all. That one's for you. <laughs> oh, wow. Boy. Wow. This this ad's really turned into a real pepper story. Mm. Hey, it's everybody about the new companion piece to VeggieTales. Pepper story.
Well, hey gang, it's just the three of us boys wiggling our way in here into the ad break to remind you about our Patreon. I'm wiggling too, I'm just not making a giant fucking thing out of it. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Yeah, Rory's sort of wiggling in from the high road here uh, to also remind us all about Patreon, uh, which we yeah. have. And we are, you guys, we're in love with our patrons. We're like in love with our patrons because we're they're gonna get so wonderful. Fish with our patrons, yeah, they're incredible. They're adorable, handsome, beautiful. Um, can't say enough about how great they are. Yeah, uh, even even the ones whose names we're not going to shout out, who we already did over the past year when you first joined, we still love all of you. Or if you don't give enough money, right. we love you, but in secret, in behind secret. closed doors, <laughs> like a shameful love. <laughs> now we uh we i i, I just want to mention this uh several a good chunk of our patrons have also found their way to our discord and hang out with us which i also super appreciate thanks for coming in to chat with us about complete bullshit and the the, the point of this one though the point of this little segment is that we have new ones from january people who've who've joined the smt podcast bandwagon and so we want to say a big thank you and we love you shout out to Kyle, Ian, Steve, Jeff, Greg, and Ida. You are all big heroes to us and we love you proportionally to your dollar amounts. <laughs> and all in the open, not behind closed doors. This is an open love. Yeah. This is yeah. one. This is one <laughs> built on the solid foundation of money <laughs> and transactional. Is it a transactional love? The f- the, the most sought after love. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, regardless, it's love, no matter which way you shake it. It is a yeah. form of love, and we are so happy to have you on the team. Really, because it's a team effort. We can't make Sadam without you. Yeah. Once again, thank you to all you guys, and we're going to send you back to uh, the, the 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 world of Star vs. the Force of Evil, and and that fun guy named Dom, and that fun guy named Dom. And just a fun guy named Dom. Everybody, uh, our our train has derailed, but we're all still together. We're all doing great. We're just sort of tipped off to the side, off the track, and uh, <laughs> we're fine. Uh, we're totally fine. We don't need any help. Everything's I don't feel okay. Feel so good, Mister Train. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we 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 said we were watching another show. We said we were watching Star versus the Forces of Evil, but we did not really talk much about what that is. Mm. So let's start there. So. This is a 2015 Disney XD show, uh, and I know what you're thinking, maybe. You guys spent all of January watching two other Disney XD shows. What's going on? And the answer, like me, you are furious at lining Walter's <laughs> pockets. <laughs> but no, don't worry. It's just because they happened, two of them happened to be really good, and we really like them, and this is one of those. And it's, uh, it's created by a woman named Darren Nefsey. 
So this is, again, sort of rarefied air here with shows actually created by women. And it's, uh, yeah, I don't know how, how, how would we describe it? This, this star is like a, uh, a, a princess from it's another trans-dimensional world. Trans-dimensional demon princess. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I got this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so in what can only be described as Asgard, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little baby Thorina inherits Mjolnir. <laughs> and is deemed and too the much. <laughs> is deemed too. Oh, okay, all right. So for real though, um, the butterfly matriarchy has run the kingdom of Muni uh, over all of the Mumins for a bazillion years, and yeah. it is the show starts on Star Butterfly's fourteenth birthday which is the day that she inherits the nuclear launch codes in the form <laughs> of a wand, a, a magical wand that is passed down to her. Um, it, leaving the queen, the still sitting queen without yeah. access to magic. So uh, bizarre. Now, 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 immediately she is deemed too dangerous to exist in a world with magic and minotaurs and is shunted off to a backwater dimension called earth. <laughs> These people literally sent their nuclear weapon <laughs> with its launch codes to a place they didn't care about to, for whatever consequences to happen to happen and then walked away washing so, their hands so that of the responsibility. Stark and kind of like train up and become like decent more responsible sure yeah star is uh, star is immediately um uh put upon our 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 leading man marco yes it is and the it is the odd uh i guess um just part of the pill you've got to swallow for a coming of age story is it's really difficult to sort of set them up without uh some questionable parenting involved yeah or which yeah. is also why so many of them are simply orphans because then you don't have to acknowledge <laughs> that the parents suck well yeah. in, in this one in this one it's straight everybody gets bribed everybody yeah. everybody is paid off and and more importantly human lives don't matter out <laughs> the gate so out the gate <laughs> a single human flower is so valuable that they will preserve it over an entire human dimension. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> the, I mean, now, now, Dom, of course, is is reading the the meta text here. This is the inf the, the the sort of implication of what we have seen. Uh, I, I don't know that it's presented quite as dire, but it is absolutely what happens. Like they don't they send her here because she's dangerous. So not fuck as you guys. dire. She lights rainbows on fire. As an, as an attack pattern. What do you mean, not as dire? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, this is this is we're we're, we're going to talk about two episodes here because they're eleven minuteers. So the first one we're talking about is is one A. It's called Star Comes to Earth. We've basically given you the summary at this point, but uh, the only other part here is that uh, yeah, she she enrolls in in uh, Echo Creek Academy. And the principal pairs her up with Marco Diaz, a reputed safe kid. And upon befriending Marco, Star ends up discovering his skills when she is attacked by Ludo and his army of monsters. And this, this is a fascinating first episode to me because not unlike most first episodes of most shows, I, I feel like it kind of misses the target uh, in a way. 
because over the you can almost tell like if you watch all of season one over the following like three to five episodes they slowly crank stars dial down and down and down to where she actually can be a reasonable character mm, but she starts so intense in this they sort first of reverse episode. flanderizer yes uh-huh. they do <laughs> interesting because the the lull so random energy is so intense in this first episode <laughs> But there's some really good, um, I'm not really gags, but yeah, just like visual literacy, just mm-hmm. her, her bouncing and uh, around and, uh, sort of just squirming <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is just delightful. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was really surprised. So I've, I have not seen, I've feel like I've been shown this pilot before, but I don't remember anything about it. So watching mm-hmm. this kind of felt like I was watching it for the first time. Uh, really paying attention to it. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I really, you know, I'm excited to see what you're saying. I definitely had that manic energy that you need to devote your full attention to, because if you're not in the mood for it, it's just, it is going to go whether you're on board or not. Uh-huh. Well, I think um, some of it, I think some of it's intentional. Some of it's maybe just trying to cram too many gags into an episode sure. and they have to kind of figure Figure out what's reasonable. You know, I guess that's sort of the the Brooklyn well, Nine Nine curse, right? Like too many jokes, like character jokes, wind up kind of eroding all the humanity that the person is supposed to have. Right. And and what Do- what Dom was mentioning earlier, where where she sets rainbows on fire when she there's a there's a moment where she, like Marco Marco is like this is this is a fucking amazing moment where uh marco's talking about like he has this reputation of being a safe kid and he's like no come on i i like danger sometimes and like immediately star turns a, a nearby butterfly into a terrifying monster that kidnaps <laughs> a nearby person the and, yeah just flies into the horizon and he's like holy shit who are you <laughs> also he found her growling at the water fountain <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and she says, "I'm a magical princess from another dimension." And she makes a rainbow. The rainbow sets on fire, and she has psychopath eyes. And that's <laughs> that's not the star that we actually grow to know over the course of the show. I would argue she has that energy, but like that intense, like where, like in your face, like almost terrifying energy, I think really gets toned down. But this is, but this is, I I guess where I disagree with the whole missing the mark kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And where it really comes back to pay, to pay back is the universe she comes from is hyper dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, and even before she had magic, she was one of the strongest fighters the un- that universe had ever seen. Her right. father, like, rips mountains in half and, like, destroys things. Mother's a big magical thing. She hits Earth, and it's Superman hitting Earth as a teenager instead of a baby. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. She is insanely powerful. And over the next few episodes, after she hurts the people that are around her, she starts to dial it back, but that also that that energy kind of pays pays it all the way through. And where you see her big manic moments again is when she is allowed out of Earth. When she's mm. off Earth, the energy cranks all the way back up. Right. So that's why I was saying, like, none of the things that we saw this episode are out of character. It's a matter of what fits into the space of an episode, right? Like, 
if we uh-huh. just see those moments, we don't really get a cohesive story. It's just it's just a, a ball of energy bouncing off the walls for ten minutes, right? So yeah, yeah. and be, and it's 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 too bad because there are some really great bits, but it's so hard to spend any time with it. You know, like uh, which which you know, like I also appreciate, I you know, at the same time appreciate not dwelling on good jokes because you can kind of. Especially yeah, for Disney and their told. reputation yeah, for exactly. fucking that part up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is a show that is funny and knows it's funny, but mm-hmm. trusts itself that it doesn't have to, like, throw a bunch of shit and hope that it sticks. They they put good jokes out there, you know? Um, yeah. I feel like with, with some of the shows we watched, uh, like Owl House, it feels like they get to good jokes, but sometimes by chance. They circle it with, circle with Sharpie. Sometimes, yeah. You know, they're like, "Is does this work? Is this good? We yeah, put up totally. a lot of air balls, but maybe this is a good one. And <laughs> Star just seems to hit a lot more consistently. Oh, and, and hey, if you, if, you don't, if you don't know what we're talking about with Owl House, it's because you're not one of our patrons and you should totally get on that and listen to our specials that we did on Owl House. Uh, um, but no, I, I totally agree with you. The what jokes also about? last. They go over multiple episodes. The mm-hmm. things they set up in this first episode, like dogs with lasers for eyes, yeah, plays, plays all the way nice. through the end of the show. <laughs> like, yeah, that, I, the, like There's more Simpsons resetting after the first episode. Like They kind of keep the dogs as this, as this narrative through line, but not every little piece of Star's magic is seen to its like logical conclusion. But something's right. Yeah. Enough, enough to sate you. Mm-hmm. I, and let's talk for a minute about finally getting a show where magic is actually magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, uh-huh. like in so many, especially magical girl shows, they have one trick. And if it is a trick with different things, it's card captor Sakura, where she has to use different cards. Yep. Star mm-hmm. Universe's magic and the magic from Muni is truly a reflection of the caster, which is why even the book of spells is basically gibberish to the person who inherits it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I love this aspect. I really enjoy this. Um, and this is something I've I've really liked seeing from magic or from fantasy shows and, and shows with with magic that truly conveys the possibility of like the horror of the chaos and the horror <laughs> of untrained magic. Of, yeah. Has of, somebody been telling you for years that magic systems are dumb and this is a way better way to do it? Oh, Rory wants anybody? his points. Are yeah, you going to give him his points? Can somebody throw a point at me? A, a, throw a point to your witcher? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, you get, you get tired of this, of spells being on a track of there being, you know, yeah. Either something works or doesn't work. And Moon you don't like it prism. when people when there's like an elaborate system and yeah. then yeah. and then and there's we, a good route and then, then sometimes what they'll do is they'll they'll there'll be some sort of they'll have set up this system where there's like a little loophole for you to sneak in later. <laughs> and they'll pretend that, you know, that's that, cool. that they're very smart for for uh, using the loophole that they wrote into it. Hey, but, uh, I've used my own loophole. I am a good boy. <laughs> This truly is a gift of American animation budgets, though. Like, American animation budgets can afford to have an infinite amount of spells. um, Right. To pay the Korean and Chinese animators that they use to make the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just going to throw (laughs) those bones around there. Just to make sure we know that this wasn't animated here, mostly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what is these days? Exactly. Um, 
but yeah, no, but um, but like having that budget behind you to be able to have a mega narwhal blast and <laughs> yeah, which is used, and all of these other things where Sailor Moon, all of the Sailor Scouts have one attack and one powered up version of that attack and it's recycled animation yeah now here's something i want to talk about really briefly uh since we are watching this alongside sailor moon uh when darren nefsey was putting the pitch together for this show she initially sent it to cartoon network and tried to get it made there and the initial idea was that she was like star and marco were going to be uh, like she, like they were normal kids and she's a girl that's obsessed with Sailor Moon and he's a kid that's obsessed with DBZ. And that's kind of like where it started. And huh. it's sort of, it's sort of about oh. her, like, cause Darren like literally was like a huge Sailor Moon fan when she was in an elementary school. And so she was kind of trying to draw from that. And the concept of course grew over, over like five or six years until the pitch actually finally got picked up at Disney. But like, it is it is cool to see the Sailor Moon DNA in this show because as soon as Star gets the wand from her mom, it transforms. Her mom had like a regal looking scepter and Star's transforms into basically like the, you know, the moon scepter. Yeah. yeah. Like it's got it's got little it's wings on it. It's almost one to one. It's really yeah. similar. It's mm-hmm. it's like totally exactly the same sort of thing. And the way that she casts spells is by yelling these three word phrases out loud. <laughs> and it's exactly like moon prism power, except in Star's case, it's like sparkle glitter bomb expand. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it's this like my favorite gag in the episode. She she makes her own room. She like does this crazy magic remodel to her room in Marco's house. By using sparkle glitter bomb expand. And Marco says, oh, I wish I had a room like this. And she goes, you do? And then she goes to his room. And instead of yelling the same spell, she goes, Mystic Room Suck Transform! (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, why was the word suck in that spell? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is, that's the moment, though, that really, re-watching this for you all, that was the moment that cemented this to me, that Star Butterfly is a chthonic beast. Like these spells come full formed and active 100% of the time, but in ways that do not interact with reality in the way that reality actually works. It's so funny. She's like a, she's like a D and D wild magic sorcerer, Mm -hmm. but she rolls ones. It like only rolls once. <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah, she does not know how to take care of this. This it, her her magic is absurdly un, uncontrolled. Yeah. Uh, before we we because you know we can keep having these large conversations while we talk about the second episode, but we should quickly talk about Ludo. Um, he is set up as kind of a season one villain at the very least. Uh, he's a very small like chicken man kind of uh, like a little like a little bird. Uh, but he's very evil and he has like a cow skull on his head and he's voiced by uh, Alan Tudyk and it's very good. And he has uh, just a bunch of monsters and it's it's like really simply set up in this first episode. He knows that she has been sent away because bu- his his minion Buff Frog has been watching her for, secretly from the shadows. Buff and, Frog, you know, best minion, best minion of all time. Best minion of all time, Buff Frog. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Buff Frog alone is worth watching this entire series for. Yes. Buff Buff Frog's arc, uh, but <laughs> but Ludo Ludo basically very simply wants the fucking wand. He he wants the power of the wand, and I I like that it it, it leaves room to get more complicated later, and for sure it does. But like it's immediately understandable. He's funny. His minions are all crazy monster things, 
and he loses like honorably. <laughs> like when it's obvious that he that they lost the fight, he's like, "You see, you morons! This is what happens when you don't work out. Your muscles are like pudding. Come on, back in the portal, back in the portal." <laughs> it's really fun seeing in an, in in a show like this, and in the very first episode. Um, Marco already being a, you know, a fairly competent karate kid. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, the, the DNA of this kind of show is that the sidekick's the goofball, and they even kind of really sort of, um, they tee that up. He's the safe kid that nobody mm-hmm. thinks anything, you know, it, it, it's for this reveal in this episode, but, you know, you wouldn't know. It's, right. It's, it, it's 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 played really well for for laughs so that the reveal still kind of works. Yeah. Well, what's cool also about Marco's character that is set up as as it is only known to me right now through these two episodes we saw. Yep. Um Marco's thing about being the safe kid, it's funny because safe kid is almost like a compulsion. It is not an active character trait. I no. think a lot of other shows all he would talk about is like, mm, well, but that's not safe. And well, mm-hmm. we have to do this. And 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 it almost is like a weird gut response. Like, oh, oh, broken bottle. Oh, oh we got to You know, like that comes <laughs> out of him. But it's not like the thing he's, he talks about all the time. He wants to be a bad boy. Like he wants to be a cool, like tough guy. Yeah. And he just like can't help but it's, be really like it's concerned a lot about better, stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's it makes him so much more tolerable as opposed to these like one note characters that have these traits, but then they also only talk about it. And it's just right. like, God, it's that, we fucking get it. It's that moment after the fight. They have the whole fight. He's kicks ass. She kicks ass. And then they're like, yeah, our monster's going to be attacking you every week. And she's like, probably. And they're about to jaywalk. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's use the crosswalk. (laughs) It is. I feel like this is truly the archetype that Charles Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine tried to be. But this Uh, isn't done better. (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny. Marco is like is like the season four version of a sidekick character. That's exactly what I mean. Better, like, it, but he starts at episode one. We don't. Yeah. He's he's not a he's not a Ron Stoppable or a Xander. See, or... Ron Stoppable is exactly who I was thinking of because uh, he's he's like he's not he's not like a safe kid, but he starts Kim Possible like pretty worthless and basically yeah. falling like ass first into accidentally doing good things, and then they have to kind of give him a white savior narrative as like a as like a you know secret monkey god in in Japan or something later <laughs> to give him like legit skills and we don't have to do any of that for marco and it's so it's so much nicer it's so much better um and speaking of marco we should talk about episode 3a monster arm great um marco breaks his arm before a karate tournament star uses her wand to fix it but transforms it into a tentacle arm as star tries to find a spell to reverse it marco begins to like his new powers associated with the arm however the arm harbors an evil sentience that intends to take over the world uh, okay, so we we just <laughs> talked about in the last episode how great it is to have magic being deeply chaotic and terrifying. <laughs> Part of what helps to complement that and make it make the show extra good is the way that they don't give a shit how people on Earth respond to wild magical <laughs> bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that I think, I think Steven Universe does this too, where where People in town just don't, they don't have to do this big production number every time of hiding magic, of yeah, pretending yeah, yeah. that things aren't real. Any other show 
would have this magic uh, arm and would try to do he'd be hiding it he'd be wearing yes. under a under a pillowcase and it'd be this whole fucking uh-huh. dog and pony show of like oh they can't see my arm oh no and explain oh, the it girl and- that i like is gonna find out i have a tentacle arm right yeah. oh yeah. doesn't she though uh, oh my god jackie, <laughs> oh my jackie god, lynn thomas that moment. is into that the moment. tentacle arm <laughs> oh my god that moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is it she says can i check out that arm uh, sure. I want it to be my boyfriend. Me too. I want it to be my boyfriend. It's fucking <laughs> absolutely amazing. I can't, I, this is, so this, this, I, I, I'm not going to, we're going to, I'm going to reference this one more time and then I'm going to say, just go listen to it on Patreon. But in Owl House, one of our, one of our things that we talked about was how they thought that they had a really uh, edgy world and it, they didn't really in practice. This monster arm thing is freakier and more unsettling than everything in Owl House. And it's so upsetting. And to the watch. chicks are into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so funny. And it it's like, it's even worse because later in the episode, it sprouts a mouth and starts saying horrifying demon <laughs> things to Marco, and <laughs> who's now who's now you know torn between uh, his crush on Jackie Lynn, a character we didn't meet in the first episode, but would have you would yeah, have yeah we would have yeah we skipped the episodes where you would have met Jackie Lynn skipping episodes, um, and she's just a just a cool skater chick, but yeah. it's still it is a. It's a curveball when she's like down with the arm. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. Uh, yeah. It just the the whole the reason this works is because when you have people in town that in this world in on Earth that are chill with magic stuff happening and are just sort of mildly amused by it, um, it allows you, you skip to do all the actually farts. interesting stuff. Yeah. Like you can oh, actually man. play around with this stuff and you don't have to do the same tired narratives every time. You don't have to get the drama from keeping stuff secret. We're, we've seen that before. We're tired of it. You can mm-hmm. get the drama from hentai at a, at a middle school. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently. Yeah. Or you can turn everything in a karate dojo into hands uh, and God. like just have fun with that. So my my favorite dynamic in this episode is that because obviously – we we heard it in the summary. Star accidentally tries to she tries to fix his broken arm and ends up turning it into a tentacle. And she feels guilty. And Marco is not pleased about it at first. And so she over the course this this episode takes place over three days. And the two nights in between those three days, Star does not sleep because she spends all night trying to go through her spooky magic book and find a way to undo the spell. And Star sleep deprived and having that grow over the course of the episode is fucking incredible she is a mess and by the end by the end i have to drop i have to drop this whole clip because by the end she's in the stands at the karate dojo and she's like (laughs) i've been up for two nights trying to fix his monster arm then he gets mad and then i gotta come here and watch him karate you know (laughs) <laughs> and it's like her face and the delivery are the delivery just... sells all of it. It is <laughs> really so, nice. It's so good. I love this actress who plays Star. I always forget her name because she's not really in very much else, uh, as far as I know. Um, hold on, I'm gonna get her name so that I can shout her out because it is Eden Share. Eden Sure, Share, whatever. She's amazing, and her uh, her delivery is as Star. I feel like is it felt it felt really unique when I first saw this show. Like I don't think I've heard a character that sounds like Star before. Yeah, 
I wanted to point out another awesome scene that kind of it, it is it is some of the best slapstick in modern in, <laughs> in modern animation. And it's the morning after he gets the monster hand and he's right. trying to eat breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and the hand just spasses out, slaps him a couple times, pours his cereal on his face, and his face <laughs> just leveled the entire time. It, it, it is it is it, it is a masterwork of animation and just timing, and they take their time in this show for mm-hmm. these kinds of jokes. Yeah, they do another really great bit of visual comedy where uh, the the kid Jeremy in the karate tournament is thrown into the kickbag, and then oh my god, like yes. hits the ground, and then the kickbag hits him again. Like it's <laughs> I don't know, it's just this like this perfectly timed bit that is hard to nail, but they just get it. Yeah, because the 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 thing that that we haven't necessarily said yet is that Marco Marco really takes a turn to liking the monster arm when it basically promises that he can you know get everything you ever wanted, including uh well here we can drop this whole clip too where he's like first we're gonna destroy that little punk Jeremy yeah then we're gonna get Jackie Lynn Thomas to like you yeah and then we're gonna slaughter all humans and feast on their bowels yeah. What? I mean, we uh, win the tournament. Yeah. And and so now he's like gonna beat Jeremy Burnbaum, his like nemesis at the at the dojo with this monster arm, and that's why he makes the change. Marco right. Diaz turns to evil really quickly. Like, <laughs> like, like he might be the safety inspector, but he is lawful question mark. He is not lawful good <laughs> or lawful evil for any extended period of time. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Uh, and Jeremy Birnbaum, it turns out, is like an eight-year-old kid who's just really rich and has like private teaching and stuff. And mm-hmm. with gold knuckles on his hands. That <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love it. They made him a little. I mean, it's funny once, but I also felt like they just used that gag with the Ludo reveal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. That it would have been tiny. funnier. To, yeah. Um, it felt, if it, although I suppose in fairness to them, that would have been a little more spaced out than, than the two episodes we a watched today. More, yeah. yeah. But it is, um, he didn't need to be tiny. Um, yeah, th- it would have been, it would have been fine without fine. it. Now my, the, the best, the best joke in this episode to me is, uh, you know, when he finally starts just beating the shit out of Jeremy Birnbaum with this tentacle arm, uh, he like knocks him across the room and the the karate dojo guy's like point ds yes <laughs> and then later they're having like this whole conversation it's obvious things are terrifying going horrible and there's this creepy monster and he chucks jeremy birnbaum again and we do that little the 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 bag gag and then he falls on the ground and we cut back to the guy and he goes point ds <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's perfect it's, it's great so good. it's great timing it's and just... they only do it twice yeah it's, it's twice true. is perfect twice mm-hmm. is perfect and then, after the fight, when it's you have brought shame to all, all what <laughs> all is it? Strip, strip mall, mall dojos. <laughs> all you have brought shame to yourselves and to all strip mall dojos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. It's a good it's just, app. This is this is definitely. I'm glad that we got to pair these two together because, you know, obviously I have slightly different feelings on the first episode than you guys do a little bit, but I do think that more than the first episode, this is when the show is the show. Uh, this is, this is much more of a, a, a an example of what a plot is going to be like. And I, I love, I love the energy that this show has. Like not every episode in season one is a huge winner, but 
you know, they all have this competence to them that I just I can't get enough of. I love I love these characters. I love the voice acting, the art. It's it's just such a good package. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, how many more of these are we going to see? Well, we have two more weeks with Star Wars versus the Forces of Evil. Uh, oh. So so we get to actually see a little bit more. We're going to Rory and I have picked a couple more episodes to uh, to kind of do a little guided tour of the first like chunk of season one that that doesn't require us to get into like myth arc. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really fucking stoked. Nice. And I'll have to sort of hold off on watching the rest of it myself. Yeah, I mean, I think what you could do if you wanted, you could watch everything up to the next episode, and we'll talk about that. So if you want to binge some things, we can talk. I just might. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Okay, anyway, I can't have this whole podcast be me just, like, ranting about how good this I think this show is. Gotta let Dom get a a word in edgewise so that he can talk about it. (laughs) I I mean, uh, I just riding your coattails here. Like this is this is this was a must watch. And when I was searching for shows for my kid to watch in new cartoons, I actually stumbled upon Disney XD for like the first time uh, through Mm. this show. And then I went through and started watching things like Kick Butowski and and other shows like that that were on there because the show was so good. It was worth it for me to suffer through these other shows. Yeah. Nice. It's like it's not necessarily like a huge outlier, but like I don't think most content on Disney XD is this good. This is Def- this and definitely this and this show and Gravity Falls are the best things that they've ever produced, and everything else is like one to five steps below it. And, and this show for me was so much tighter than what I would say its um, closest, I guess, thematic rival would be, which would be uh, Adventure Time. I mm. felt that this show is tighter and more creative and from the beginning knew a lot more about where it was going to go mm. than adventure time did um yeah. adventure time comes around but it uh it gets it's a little meandery there every 15 20 adventure minutes. time kind of didn't decide if it was going to be a kid show or an adult show like an experimental um, art art yeah, show that or... kind of lived in both worlds for a long time yeah hey let's get some big thoughts let's go to a wrap up We've been tipped right side up and are uh, chilling in a in a train. Just a what, what is a train with no track? But that's a question for you listeners to ponder over while we <laughs> while we hit you with uh, with our thoughts about these shows. Um, yeah. I am quite pleased. I'm my my thirst is is um, fully slaked tonight. Yes. Uh, my, obviously, you know how much I love Star Versus and we all love Sailor Moon so much. Uh, I'm really, I I don't know how much we'll get out of the pairing of these two together, but I do like seeing them because one is so clearly built from memories of the other. And it's conscious, Star is consciously doing very different things than Sailor Moon, but it comes from a world where we all know what Sailor Moon is. And, and I, I, I really appreciate that. You know what I mean? Something mm-hmm. that's so unique, not so unique, but um, so it's special and it's rare about Star Wars is, is it really invites you to talk about it, to sort of think, to guess what's going to be happening next, to have opinions. You're not mm-hmm. just on for the ride. It it really feels like one of those shows where like, you know, it's like the first season of Westworld or something where just yeah. everybody's... <laughs> <laughs> everybody's kind of playing the second game the 
I don't know about everybody, but um, mm-hmm. I, I definitely I, I had was. that experience. I had that experience of just like I wasn't on the forums, but just really <laughs> being invested in the show uh, for while I was watching it. I was I mean, my personal experience is I joined around season two, I want to say maybe right before season three. And I was living on those Reddit discussion threads every ep- mm-hmm. every episode. I was watching them like the second they were v- available and just like diving in and seeing and what getting straight to about. Reddit. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Austin? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I, uh, you know, happy to be back with Sailor Moon. Um, I think everything about Star I've said in the episodes already, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I was pleasantly surprised by, I think, the competence right off the bat uh, by the steady hand, I think. And while it is crazy and it is so hard to do an 11 minute show and have it be like coherent and mean something, um, it feels like they really know how to use that time like they really know how to use 11 minutes i will i'm actually gonna give you a little bit of uh you wouldn't know this because you're watching our sort of curated episodes i think the the worst thing about star is the format that you wouldn't know unless you sit down and watch the two two parters and then uh possibly maybe this is exacerbated by you know binge style watching it really doesn't feel right to just like sit down and watch, you know, an hour of star. It, it, Mm. it just, it doesn't flow. And you kind of, when you're, when it's doing story, you want more than 11 minutes at a time. It, it, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's not just structural. It's not just tonal. It, it would just, it's just not quite right. Um, It's not something we'll, you know, it'll probably might not come up on our show as we, watch like i said this sort of tailored list but yeah i to me i think is the one the one complaint one easy like fair complaint about the show is that it it doesn't have a strong idea of when to be 11 versus 22 because they do both and it doesn't have a strong idea of what kind of episode is you know satiating uh-huh. Yo, when, when, I don't I don't I didn't realize your ADD medication was working so well. 11 minutes is what I got. Like I watch an hour <laughs> of this show all the time. <laughs> I watch 10 episodes of this show in 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 a binge and not feel and feel great because like it I love that the manicness oh. of it really works for me. Well, it doesn't feel manic to me when you when you watch two episodes that don't fit together. It it, it feels like it drags it down. See, that's hmm. that's your lack of ADHD. Like, oh, you have to two plus two equals fried chicken, this stuff. Like, and that- <laughs> <laughs> so how about how about you, Dom? What about uh, we've, we brought you back and it's not for terrible things this time. It's for things we like. How'd you feel? Yeah, uh, I'm a little disappointed that it's things that we like. Um, I want to go back to fish police real quick. <laughs> So and experience that, experience well, that nightmare. Um, but these shows, I think it was, I think it was really smart what you did bringing them together. Um, it's kind of like how I wouldn't let my kid play Mario on the Switch until they had played Mar- the original Mario game. <laughs> right. Like I wanted them to have that kind of background. Uh, Learn your what roots. Mario was. Yeah, um, it's. Not, I think. I think it's cool too. Like, yeah, you could call it roots and like nostalgia culture, but also. It's hard. I think it would be hard to enjoy, you know, how how fun Super Mario World is if you started on Mario Galaxy. Like, yeah, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's and, and, and Star Wars of the Force of Evil is such an important show. Um, it's it is 
it is nonsense because it is not a sh- it's not a show about humans. It's a show about chthonic monsters interacting <laughs> with humans. Um, and 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 putting a human morality on the people of Muni is impossible. They're all so- like sociopathy is their best trait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, like that's where they start, and working backwards to humanity is actually dumbing them down. Um, but uh, I I think that you, you uh, I really like this arc in Sailor Moon that you're starting as well. I think it is one of the more interesting ones. Uh, the Fashion Police arc, um, like really <laughs> lit my little queer heart on fire when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it was more interesting than G.I. Joe's. So and it's basically the same thing with, you know, morality clause and all. Um, yep. I think you got two great shows paired up together that I love dearly. Um, but now it's time to get in your ass about Madoka Magica. Oh, boy. <laughs> because and, and you've showed me a little spread. You showed me a little arc. And um, Madoka Magica might have put this entire genre to bed. Yeah. Like like Madoka Magica is the end. It's kind of like how uh Tina Fey went out of her way to make 30 Rock to end the validity of most of the 90s humor in in comedy. Like she did it <laughs> quietly. She did it quietly. She closed the book and she said I told every gay joke the best way possible. I told every other joke of the 90s in the best way possible in a single show. They can no longer be used. Madoka Magica does that to magical girls. They yeah. cl- this this chapter like it's done you look at it and you're like well i guess that's the end it's kind of how i'm going to feel about long form shows if um one piece ever decides to end <laughs> and they're like oh, well i guess that's that's how long a show can be yep <laughs> like, well, and, like, and, and, and i think that you and i are the only people who have madoka context i think rory and austin ooh, both have not seen either of them i have zero and so so yeah i mean th- they already know that it's kind of a deconstruction of the genre i've told them that that much and now now you know that our second stop along the trip in this arc is going to be madoka magica so you can look forward to that but yeah. uh but yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry dom uh if you really want you can record your thoughts on Madoka separately, and I'll see if I can edit them into the episode. <laughs> I might have to. <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm I'm really excited to keep doing this. This is really we fun. We could just on Patreon just start putting just the Dom's mass ravings of Dom, Dom's takes. <laughs> Dom's thoughts! <laughs> Fuck it, eh? Uh, but no, thank you, Dom. Uh, you got anything going on that you want us to, to promote here? Or There's nothing in the entire world that's happening. I know, I got, right? I got you, you could promote I got, you could promote the vaccine. Yo, oh yeah, no, I'd like to first off, uh, number one out there for Fauci. Let's hear for Fauci. That dude can smile again. Yeah. Um, Sean Spicer, watch your mouth. Nobody wants to hear you talking. Um, let's see here, Kellyanne Conway. Uh, let's get out in the field. Let's go. Uh, it's old Yeller time. Um, and 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 and, and uh, Kamala, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We be talking on the weekends and stuff. That's nice. But like, uh, I, I I got the other things to do. Uh, I can't just talk to you about barbecue recipes. Like, it's fine. You got a country to run. Get to it. Um, no, that was just all nonsense. I, I got nothing. I, like, nothing I, nothing in the world is happening. It's our it's first making take. it in. Yeah. <laughs> Dom, it's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Yo, you all take care of yourselves. Yeah, damn right. And you too. And 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 that goes for you listening. Take care of yourselves, and we are going to see you next Tuesday.